The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to a very special Thanksgiving episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Stephen, and tomorrow in America, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And the way we celebrate that is just gathering around and eating food and apparently watching football. Big fan of the food, could care less about the football, but there always has to be football on. And apparently, I didn't know this until maybe two years ago. But the Dallas Cowboys, they play every Thanksgiving. I think it's the Cowboys. The Cowboys and maybe the Lions. Is that right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not a sports guy. But imagine being signed to that team. Oh, I got to work on Thanksgiving? Oh, I'm making millions of dollars? Okay, I will work on Thanksgiving. You betcha. So to celebrate Thanksgiving today, I wanted to talk about a Thanksgiving-themed comic book. And this isn't super turkey or mutant pilgrims in space. This is an issue of Power Pack. Power Pack number 19 from February of 1986. It's entitled, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? It's a giant-sized Thanksgiving issue, and it features Cloak and Dagger, Kitty Pride, Wolverine, Beta Ray Bill, and Franklin Richards. This was written by Louise Simonson, pencils by Brett Anderson and Scott Williams, inks by Terry Austin, Scott Williams, and Sam Della Rosa, letters by Joe Rosen, and colors by Janet Jackson. Not going to make that joke again. So I, I read Power Pack back in the day. I would have been reading Power Pack at this time in, in February of 1986. I would, have, I would have been reading this issue. And yet I don't remember, I don't really remember this issue at all. And I don't remember a lot of what would have led up to this issue. But basically, if you're not aware of who the Power Pack are, four children, their siblings, the Power siblings... And I can't remember their names off the top of my head. I know there's an Alex and a Julie and a Katie. And I don't remember the other boy's name. Two boys, two girls. They acquire superpowers and they become a superhero team. I'm assuming at some point their parents become aware of this. I don't, by reading this issue, I don't feel that their parents are aware that they're super, they're, uh, I don't feel by this issue that the, the good Lord, I can't talk. I do not feel as of the time of this issue that the parental units understand or are aware that their four children are superheroes. But there was some big, uh, I, I'm assuming they just ended uh, a big storyline. They make reference to some villain by the name of Curse that they helped defeat but their mom was injured. I don't know if it was because of curse, but their mother is in the hospital. It's Thanksgiving Day. Their dad is going to be spending Thanksgiving Day at the hospital with their mom. They're not going. 
because I guess mom and dad, they don't want them there because they don't want them to, to worry. And so they're left home alone and they're going to cook a Thanksgiving dinner. So when dad comes home, he's going to have some Thanksgiving food. And he makes a, uh, he lets the oldest child, I think the oldest one is Alex, lets him know that mom's not doing all that great. She now has an infection. They don't know if they can get rid of the infection. Mom's not doing great. Alex, if that's the oldest kid, he's feeling very guilty. There's something about whatever happened, he's blaming himself for it. So he's not happy. None of them are happy. The youngest, little Katie Power, she wants to go see the Thanksgiving Day Parade because her mother has always told her that there's something about the parade and the balloons. The balloons are so big that they can make your problems feel small. So Katie takes that literally. She thinks that just just having the balloons around will make things better. Now, in the meantime, she has invited a bunch of their superhero friends over for Thanksgiving, but she didn't tell any of her brothers and sister. She didn't tell them at all that these people were coming over. So they invited Beta Ray Bill, Franklin Richards, Kitty Pride, Wolverine, Cloak, Dagger. They re, they uh, she invited Anna Lee. I think that's her name. She's one of the Morlocks. She is a very horrible person. And then one of the other Morlocks is Leech. So Annalie is a there. So the Morlocks are mutants. Annalie has this empath power. She can make people feel rage or joy or sadness. And she her she had these children that were were killed, were murdered. I think during the um oh now I can't the mutant massacre storyline. And at one point during Power Pack, she actually kidnaps. I think only Katie. I think she kidnaps Katie. Maybe some of the uh, one of the other two, or maybe all four of the Power Pack members. I can't remember. She kidnaps them and and uses her her empath power to make them feel like they are her children. And in the end, at the end of the story, they Katie forgives her and says, "I'll you know just pretend. You know we can just pretend that I'm like your honorary child." And so they become friends. Leech is a child, a mutant child. He now he actually because some mutants just have powers. You can't tell from looking at them that they're a mutant. Leech, you can tell when you look at him that he's a mutant because he's green and he looks kind of like a little alien monster dude. Well, he also has this power to if you're if he's standing close to a mutant, he takes away their mutant powers. Well, Annalie is going to go to this Thanksgiving party and she decides she doesn't want Leech coming with her. She's very mean to him. She is a horrible person. And so she locks Leech up in a crate and then she leaves and she stops at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Beta Ray Bill and Franklin are there. Beta Ray Bill, by this point, this is after, because I, I, I did an episode last week about the first issue of Walt Simonson's Thor run in which Beta Ray Bill makes an appearance. This is after all that. At this point, Odin has given Beta Ray Bill the power because Beta Ray Bill is a uh, cybernetically enhanced alien. He doesn't look like the other members of his alien race. He was created specifically to fight these demons that were destroying their world. 
and he he looks different than the rest of them, and he's always felt apart from them because of it. Well, Odin has given him the same power that Thor slash Donald Blake has, and when he strikes his new hammer onto the ground, he turns into a regular person, and by regular person, I mean he looks like one of these aliens that he he is part of. So he doesn't have the horse face anymore. He basically has a has a he's very he's almost like golden colored. He doesn't have a nose, very flat face. Uh so he's there hanging out at the parade with Franklin. They they the plan is the invitation was to go to the Powers house after the Thanksgiving Day parade. Well, Anna Lee is there. Leech gets out of his crate. One of the other Morlocks lets him out. They don't, they don't realize he's in the crate, but there's a cat scratching at the crate. And this little Morlock kid assumes that the cat wants into the crate. Despite the fact that Leech is in there beating on the walls of the crate and screaming to get out, uh, these, the, the, the crate is so thick that nobody can hear him. But this little Morlock kid sees the cat scratching at the crate and says, oh, you want to get in the crate? Opens it up. Leech runs out. He chases after Annalie. Annalie's at the parade. She sees Leech. She's screaming at him, telling them he's a monster and he shouldn't be around, that he's not one of her children. Her children were all murdered. And she's just a very horrible person. Now, granted, she has been scarred because her children were murdered. That will mess with anybody, but she's just a very, she's not a good person and she's screaming at him. So she used her, she uses her empath powers to turn all the people there that are around them at the parade, turn them against Leech and everything just starts going crazy. And the balloons, people, they're letting go of the balloons and the balloons are floating away. Kitty Pride and Wolverine are there. Beta Ray Bill is there. Cloak and Dagger is there and they all have to try to help these people. Now, in the meantime, Katie and her brothers and her sister, they have a big fight because they all find out that she has invited all these people over and they think that she is selfish and that she doesn't care about her mother. And so she leaves to go to the go to the parade. Two of them go out to find her. The other one, the oldest one, Alex, I think that's again, I can't remember. He goes off to feel sorry for himself. But in the end, they all get they all get together. So, well, at one point, um, Katie runs into Franklin, and she sees the Mighty Mouse balloon, and it's 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 loose. And she says that it was always her mother's favorite. So she she her and Franklin climb onto the balloon, and they manage to use Mighty Mouse's cape to catch the wind and steer it. Two children are able to climb aboard a giant balloon and use the cape, which in the the context of the story, apparently the cape is not made out of the, it's not part of the balloon. It's just a fabric cape. And they use it as a sail to steer the balloon to the hospital because she wants to take it to the hospital so that her mother will look out the window, see the balloon, and it because the Thanksgiving Day balloons make problems smaller. She's she's in her mind, this should fix her mom. Beta Ray Bill, I believe it's Beta Ray Bill. Some one of the one of the groups of heroes, it's either Kitty Pride and Wolverine or Beta Ray Bill, come and get the balloon and 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 uh save her and Franklin. Anyway, they all end up getting together at the house, at the apartment, and they have their Thanksgiving meal, and the powers children 
all forgive each other. They, uh, Alex no longer feel, feels guilty about all this. They all feel bad because their mother is in the hospital. They don't blame Katie anymore. They understand now that Katie believed that the balloons could help. And that's why she was doing all this and getting all the, the people together so that they could, they could have a moment of joy in their lives. And they all have their Thanksgiving meal and the heroes go their separate ways. And then dad comes back and he has leftovers. And that was the end of the story. It was a nice story. Now, you have to kind of ignore the fact that Annalie is a horrible, horrible person who keeps doing horrible, horrible things, kidnapping children, locking children in crates, causing a riot at the Thanksgiving Day parade to hunt down a child and hurt him. And they forgive her every time because her, ch- her children were murdered. And I get it. It seems like justification. But at the same time, how, many, how, how often does she have to do something completely horrible before everybody's like, look, I understand that your children were murdered. That's pretty messed up. But you got to stop all this. You got to stop it or we're just going to walk away. You want to ignore Leech? Fine. Don't lock him up in a freaking crate. Don't kidnap other children. Horrible lady. But otherwise, the tone of the book was, was very nice. It was very, you know, people coming together and being thankful about things. We don't know by the end of it what's going to happen with their mom. The dad comes home and they ask how she's doing and she's not doing great. She's not doing any worse, which is good, but she's not doing any better. That's that's kind of the prognosis at this point. And if you, I'm sure if I continued to read issue number 20, they would probably, you know, fill in a bit more. But it's it's been a long time since I've read Power Pack. I tried to read the Power Pack Classics Collection Volume 1 and didn't get that far into it. Power Pack is one of these books that I remember really enjoying very fondly as a kid. And it's one that I've tried to go back to and it doesn't it doesn't hold up as much as some of the others. But that's that's going to happen now and again. So that was my that was my Thanksgiving episode. Here's I when I so I went out online and I thought I'll never I'll never find a book just a, a single issue comic book that is Thanksgiving themed and I just did a search for Thanksgiving themed comic books and CBR had like a top 5 Thanksgiving themed books and Power Pack was number 1 and number 2 was an epi- was a, was an issue of Uncanny X-Men from the 90s which I also read but didn't really feel like doing an entire episode on it. It was kind of fun. The X-Men are are back at the X-Mansion and they're just chilling out and they're doing X-Men stuff. And uh, it was okay. It was, I don't know, nothing, not a lot. It was, it was a whole bunch of uh, Gene and Scott talking about their past together and how they each helped each other in difficult moments and how much they love each other and, and, and all that. Which is why I ended up really choosing the Power Pack issue to talk about. Because I felt like it was a lot more happened. It was a, it was a more relatable story when you take out the superheroes and the mutants. 
But the one thing I wanted, there are two things I want to point out about this X-Men issue. And I don't remember which which issue, what number it is. So you'll have to look it up. But it's uh, Chris Claremont and John Romita Jr. It's in the 90s. Now, I have to point that out because one of the things that that struck me funny, John Romita Jr. is really good about drawing the fashions of the time. He was really good about it in the 80s, and he was really good about it in the 90s. There is a moment there, because basically all the X-Men are outside. Most of them are raking up leaves, and Forge has a, it's Forge and Banshee and Storm are raking up leaves. Banshee and Storm have regular rakes. Forge, on the other hand, has this like freaking super techno rake. And based on reading the issue, it doesn't really do anything other than just rake leaves. But it looks, there's like bits and bobs hanging off of it. And it looks like some futuristic kind of techno cybernetic rake that (laughs) he obviously created just to, just to rake up leaves. I found that really odd. But at one point, um, Rogue and Gambit come up and Bishop is with them and Rogue and Bishop are both wearing these really puffy jackets. Gambit's wearing a really puffy jacket too. But the great thing about Gambit, he was so 90s. He's got his long hair. He's got a baseball cap backwards. He's got this black and yellow, really puffy jacket. And then he's wearing black and yellow freaking spandex shorts oh man i mean if that's not 90s i don't know what is rogue and and gene gray have this just big 90s hair it's just john romita jr was just so good about that so good about bringing you into that era and you don't notice it at the time because that's how everybody looked at the time but you know in 2019 and you go back and you look at it and you're like holy crap What is freaking Gambit wearing? He's totally 90s. And he totally was. Again, I don't remember that issue number because I hadn't planned on talking about it, so I didn't write any of it down. But there are comic books out there that have Thanksgiving stories. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm out. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Good job.